0: On the Hard Rocker Sports Network from KTech 91.3, this is Hard Rocker Huddle, your podcast home for South Dakota Mines Athletics. Hi, Hard Rocker fans. My name is Josh Van Valkenburg-Gernert, and this is the Hard Rocker Huddle. Today we're with head of the South Dakota Mines women's basketball team, Jerry Jacobson. Uh, just kind of by starting out. You just want to talk about what it was like what it was like, kind of growing up you know in a small town in Wyoming, your family life, siblings
1: yeah, thanks Josh. um I'm happy to be here uh yeah, so I'm a Wyoming girl um, grew up about thirty miles outside of Riverton Wyoming um in a little farming agriculture community, and I can't stress enough how thankful I am. Uh, for my childhood and just the lifestyle that my parents um, gave me and my sisters growing up. Um, we lived on a little farm slash ranch, um, my mom and dad, and then I had two older sisters. Um, my oldest sister is 11 years older than me and my other sister's eight years older than me. Um, I tease my parents that I was the, the best accident that ever happened uh, to our family. Um, but yeah, we we grew up um, with cattle, horses, dogs. When I was really little, my mom had a sheep herd, um, so just tons of animals, and learned a lot about responsibility and um, respect and just how to deal with adversity. Because when you grow up on a on a farm and a ranch with animals, nothing nothing seems to ever go right, and so you learn real quick um, just how to adapt and move on and. Um, and you, like I said, responsibility, you have to learn how to take care of other things because other people depend on you or other animals depend on you. Um, and then just the value of hard work. Um, there's, there's no days off. We didn't really take vacations. Um, when I was, when I was growing up and I'm I'm totally okay with that. Um, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change having horses to go ride, um, every day. And, you know, for, I did 4-H and FFA and, um. I was I was spoiled and my sisters will tell you I'm spoiled um because they kind of broke the ground for all of the all of the things that um we did you know they they raised all the money and bought all the supplies and stuff for 4H and FFA and we all showed um beef market beef and um sheep and stuff like that. So they, they had to do the hard work of raising all the money and buying all those things. And then I came along and I just had to upkeep everything and kind of just add to it. So um, very, very, very thankful for, you know, my older sisters and my parents. And like I said, just the, the Western, the Western lifestyle.
0: Sure. Uh, What kind of, obviously with having siblings a little bit older than you, were they, was it still pretty competitive growing up in terms of just, you know, being in sports or what kind of initially drew you into being interested in sports?
1: Um, I would say the competition probably came more between my two older sisters. I just wanted to hang out with them and be with them and be as old as them and not get left out. So, um, basically whatever they did, I tried my hardest just to keep up. Um, you know i still tease them that i'm scared of the dark because when they would go running to be in get in shape for all their sports i'd want to go and i think i was probably like 5 so there's no way i'm keeping up with my high school sisters and um bless their hearts they were so nice to me um and let me tag along for everything and um, we'd go running out in the the boonies cuz we didn't really have any close neighbors or anything like that and they'd tell me that if i didn't keep up the boogeyman would get me and they'd always conveniently go running when it was getting dark or something like that. And so we'd go running, and at some point in the run, one of, the, one of my older sisters would, like, start lagging behind. And I remember the one time she disappeared, and I was like, oh, no, where'd she go? And my other sister said, well, she was lagging behind, the boogeyman must have got her. And um, then she came running on the other side of the trees and scared the daylights out of me. So, um, like I said, it was they were more competitive. I was just trying to keep up. Um, but they both played, um, basketball in high school. And, um, that's kind of what got me started on basketball as well, was just watching them. And, um, I guess you could say I was competitive cause I wanted to be better than them <laughs> by the time I got to, to high school. Um, and they also played, uh, my oldest sister played a little bit of volleyball. Um, and so I did that for a little while as well. And then just, we all went to a small school and then I, um, Transferred in 8th grade to go to a little bit bigger school just for um, more opportunities to really challenge myself um, with sports. But at a small school, you do all the things. So I did track for a while, volleyball, basketball, um, all those things.
0: Sure. Was uh, basketball kind of always your favorite? Did you kind of know that if you had to pick one, it would always be basketball?
1: Yes, from the time I can remember, I think I was playing basketball. And um, it it was the sport that got my heart right away.
0: And then kind of uh, jumping into just going into your high school career, um, how much, you know, were you a multiple multiple sport athlete in high school as well, or did you kind of focus more on the AAU side? And then just talk about your career and a little bit of your high school career.
1: I actually didn't play AAU. Um, Wyoming doesn't really have um, much for AAU programs, and um, I was so busy in the summer with my for h and FFA animals um, and then you know the closest club program I think was down in Denver and we kind of explored it a little bit in high school and it just it was way too much money um, and there was no way that we could be away from from just our our lifestyle and our way of life to spend all summer going out and traveling and doing that kind of stuff so um, I I didn't get to do that um, I played volleyball for a little bit in high school um, and I did track up until high school started. Um, I love the hurdles, and I don't know, I if I'm looking back, I wish I would have kept doing track, but I was apparently sensitive when I was young in high school, and I had a coach tell me that my form on the hurdles was really great, but we really needed to work on the speed in between the hurdles, and I was like, yeah, I just, I don't think high school track is going to be for me. Um, so I... I Didn't necessarily specialize in basketball, um, but it was kind of the only sport that I really stuck with throughout high school. And then, um, you know, like I said, just a a lot of riding horses as well, which isn't necessarily a sport, but that was the other thing that took up a lot of my time.
0: Sure. And then from graduating from high school, you initially went to Central Wyoming College. Um, What was that kind of process like? Did you have other options or did you kind of know you wanted to stay a little bit closer to home and go the juco route first?
1: Um, I didn't really know much of anything about college sports and divisions and levels and um, so going through high school I didn't understand the recruiting process and that a lot of coaches already have you know people in mind their sophomore and junior seasons and um, I went to a couple summer camps um, at the University of Wyoming and um, Colorado State and then like I said I didn't I didn't. Un- I didn't understand Division Two existed. Um, I didn't really know much about, like I said, the different levels. And so, um, when it was coming down to it, I just had a couple junior colleges. Um, there were options, and one was Central Wyoming College, and it was an exciting um, option because it was the first uh, basketball team since the 80s. And so, I thought it would be kind of neat to be part of, you know, the inaugural team or the reinstated team. Um, and then my other option was McCook community college. Um, and I think kind of what drove the deciding factor, um, was I was valid Victorian in high school. Um, and so I had fantastic grades, had a good ACT. Um, and in Wyoming, if you have those things, you can get a full ride if you stay in state, um, just for your academics. And so, but once you leave and you, Then you come back, that's gone. Um, And so to me, I was like, well, what if I go all the way, all the way out to (laughs) McCook, Nebraska, which seems so far away from home. um, And, you know, it just isn't a good fit or I get super homesick. And just I think that fear of not having, um, like I said, the money part coming back kind of drove a little bit of my decision because I had to I had to pay for college. Um, And so my way of paying for it was to get scholarships. Um, so I ended up going to Central Wyoming College, um, which was great for me because I still got to be close to home, um, got to be part of a a really fun team of, you know, a bunch of freshmen. We none of us really knew what was going on at, in college. um, so i was I was kind of um, a good learning experience. and um, I will say, backtracking just a little bit funny story um coach nori at black hill state actually called my high school coach multiple times in high school um and i teased coach nori about it because i was like i'm so sorry i said i was a dumb little 16 year old i had no idea about anything and all i heard was south dakota and um i think they were nai at the time and i was like well i don't want to go do that because i just didn't i was uneducated i didn't know about the different levels and so i never called him back um So the first time I met him, I was like, I just, he looked at me and goes, didn't I? And I was like, yes, you sure did. And I am so sorry. I never gave you a call back. I said, but it worked out. I went on the path I was supposed to go on, I guess. So, um, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed my time at Central Wyoming College. Grew up a lot. Um, and then kind of from there, um, was, I broke my hand towards the very end of the season. Um, and so again, I thought. Oh, you only get recruited at the region nine tournament. Um, and that's again, not quite the case, but, um, so I was looking for a place to continue on playing. Um, and if all else failed, I was just going to go to the university of Wyoming and, um, get my education there. But I had the coach that was at McCook community college, um, ask me if I had found anywhere to play yet. And I'd kind of told him no. And he was like, well, let me, let me help you out. He was, he was awesome. Um, And he contacted a lot of coaches. And that's kind of how I ended up at Upper Iowa was he contacted Coach Carol Russell there. um, And she had just gotten the job um, in May. And so I'd kind of talked to her. And it was funny, after the first time I talked to her, I googled the um, school because I was like, I've heard of Northern Iowa, I've heard of Iowa State, Iowa, and then I was like, and they're the peacocks like was this a joke did somebody call me and like try to prank call me so my dad and i got on the internet and looked it up and turned enough, it was a real place um and so i went out there and um visited and um loved it um fayette is a beautiful place a very 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 small town but that's you know i i grew up 30 miles outside of any civilization so small town is kind of right up my alley um and then the other school that had reached out was Adelphi University in New York. Um, That one was intriguing because I'd been close to home for two years. So I thought, well, little Wyoming girl out in New York, why not? Um, And so my sister actually went with me out to um, visit them. And it, it was just very, it was kind of a culture shock for me for just how many people were around um, and just how populated it was, and it was a little too much, too much city, too too far away from home for me. Um, so Upper Iowa is kind of where I ended up.
0: Yeah, and then uh, while you were playing there, and and at Central Wyoming, you had some obviously some individual success at Wyom At Central Wyoming, um, you were part of a Region Nine tournament team and were named All Conference. And then when you got to Upper Iowa, obviously they don't have. Their women's basketball team doesn't have a history of success. Um, so what was that kind of transition like to go from, you know, a team that went, won 20 games to not not being so great as a team the next couple of years?
1: Um, one of the things that um, really sold me on Upper Iowa is Coach Russell. Um I just really bought into everything that she was saying and, um, you know, she's like, let's change the program. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I mean, I just started, I was part of starting up a new program. This sounds fun. Um, I'm up for the challenge. And, um, so I went out there knowing what I was getting myself into, um, but not fully understanding how hard it is to change a program. Um, and that first year, year—that first year was rough. It was tough. Um, we had a lot of tough, practices um I wasn't used to losing um especially after being at CWC you know we we were very successful there and so that was that was a really really hard thing for me um because I I hate losing so much um and really loved really loved winning really loved having that success and so it was it was a rough year and um just tried to grow as much as I could and learn as much as I could from from Coach Russell and just playing at that level. And um, I really, really, really worked hard my in between my junior and senior year to make sure that I came back um, ready to be the best player that I could be um, for our senior year. And we we had a very young team, um, but we we were able to change the culture of the program. We just couldn't quite finish some of those those games and um, get the Ws. Um, just with our, our youth. And, um, it was, it was a great experience. I learned a ton and I wouldn't change it for anything, but at the same time, it was, it was hard, um, going from successful to obviously not getting the results we wanted, but just being part of that program was something that was, um, really special to be a part of, um, and be thankful that I was able to kind of help change that culture. And, um, you know, we were the, by the time I was a grad assistant there, we were the number one team in the nation for GPA. Um, and so that was something that, you know, we took a lot of pride in is, you know, we were great student athletes. Um, and so, like I said, it was it was challenging, but I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I learned a lot and um, really cherished my relationship with Coach Russell.
0: Yeah, that conference is a bear, too. So, I mean, even with a huge step in a program, it's just really, really hard to win in that conference. Um kind of going from there what you know when did you kind of realize that coaching was something you were interested in and maybe you potentially wanted to explore a future in that
1: my dad would say that um I was destined for this and he knew that I would probably get into it when I was little I don't remember this um I do know that in high school I kind of thought about um teaching and coaching I thought that would be kind of fun um and then you know, I kind of changed my idea and path and thought, all right, well, pharmacy, that'll get me a lot of money. Uh, (laughs) And I enjoy chemistry, I enjoyed math. um, And so I was like, well, I'll I'll do pharmacy, then I can live a a really nice lifestyle. Um, But then as my playing career was starting to end and come to a close, basketball had been a part of my entire life and I just, I wasn't ready to say goodbye to it yet. And, you know, my senior year, we had five or six freshmen on the team. And so I was kind of in that position anyways on the floor of coaching and trying to, trying to get them coming along. And um, it was something that I, I really enjoyed. And then just knowing the impact that Coach Russell had had on me, um, I really wanted to be able to have that impact and um, help other people reach their goals and reach their potential. And um, so it was kind of just during that senior season was when I really decided to Take a step in that direction. And I remember sitting down with her after season because um, she was, we had kind of talked about grad assistant and maybe taking that route to get into coaching. And I remember her sitting down with me and she took me to coffee and she goes, Now, you realize what you're doing if you decide to take this career, right? She's like, you're going to work your tail off. You're not going to make very much money. She goes, whereas if you stay with pharmacy, you're going to have a nice set schedule and you're going to have a huge paycheck. And I was like, yeah, coach, I know, I know. I said, but you know, my parents, my parents have farmed and ranched and it's the lifestyle that they love. And I said, and, you know, I've seen that they're they're happy and they don't have all the money in the world. And I said, money isn't everything. I want to do something that I'm passionate about and um, that I love. And so she's like, all right, that was the answer I wanted to hear. (laughs) And so um, she actually had me um, apply to a couple different places for GA positions um, because she wanted to, make me experience that interview process. And um, I think one of her favorite things was putting me in uncomfortable positions. <laughs> At the time, I hated it, um, but I love her for it now. Um, so she had me go do a couple other interviews, and then um, basically I stayed on. I didn't get those jobs. Um, I stayed on with her and was a GA for two years, and she gave me so much hands-on experience, and that was something that I, I really value because it – helped me get jobs later down the road because I had all of that coaching experience that not a lot of kids get when they're GAs. Um, You don't get to run your own practices and um, stuff like that. So she really gave me a lot of freedom. And I think part of that was just, you know, I had earned her trust as a player and then um, kept that trust as a, as an assistant coach for her. So um, yeah, that was kind of, kind of what, what drew me into coaching. But like I said, my dad would have, he would have told you that I was, already thinking about it, I think, when I was in, like, third grade or something.
0: <laughs> sure. And then uh, what was kind of your time as a GA like? Obviously, you already mentioned being able to run, run practices, which is not, as you mentioned, not something a lot of GAs get to do. So that's a big benefit. And what is your relationship still with her to this day?
1: Um, great question. Um, she like I said, gave me a lot of freedom um, within my job and really challenged me and pushed me um, to make sure that I got all aspects of coaching. Um, because she, we talked about, you know, well, what's your goal? What do you want to do? And at the time, I was like, well, I, I'm still figuring it out. Uh, <laughs> what, how I want my, my coaching career to go. And so, like I said, she she gave me tons of Tons of responsibilities, um, and I would say maybe the, the biggest thing I learned and the hardest part of being a GA at a school you played at was my friends were still on the team. Um, most in particular, my best friend was um, going to be a senior um, that first year that I was a GA. And so that was, that was a really big challenge of understanding the line between being a coach and knowing that you're on the stat, like the coaching staff side, and then, um, being on the player side. And, uh, my friend Jenny will tell you, she's like, well, I liked player Jerry way better than coach Jerry. Um, but it was, it was a really good learning experience for me. And it, you know, I think a lot of times young coaches have a hard, hard time finding that line between, um, you know being a coach and being a in a leadership position and then um you know your your relationships with your players and so it was a it was a really great experience for me i think to learn right away this is the this is the hard line and if you want to be looked at as a coach these are the things you have to do um and then um kind of from there you know like i said she challenged me um and helped me kind of figure out how to navigate and get a new job and um Obviously, she had an assistant coaching position open. So everybody's like, well, why aren't you taking that? And, um, her and I had talked about it and she's like, well, yeah, I'd love for you to stay here. But she's like, I also want you to go experience other things and, um, experience different programs. And so, um, turns out I ended up at university of North Dakota, um, and as a director of operations, um, which kind of got my foot in the door at division one. Um, and then, you know, just my relationship with Coach Russell, like you would ask, like it's it's still, she's still somebody that I will call and talk to and um, get advice from or catch up with. And um, it's been kind of fun seeing her boys grow up. I'm feeling extremely old lately because um, they were just little, little, little guys. Um, Avery, her youngest, was running around on his little tippy toes um, as a two-year-old, and now he's like wrestling and looks like a man. Um, and so it's, it's just been fun to... Fun to see, you know, their growth as well and then just knowing that I always have her in my corner to call whenever I need, whenever I need to talk to her or, you know, she's somebody that I can call and tell her what's going on in my life and then she gives me a pretty good dose of reality and pep talk and on we go.
0: <laughs> That's definitely important to have mentors in, in the coaching or sports sports world in general. Um, what kind of, what was the initial drawing point? Maybe You mentioned maybe having a couple different options. Why UND, why Grand Forks? Um,
1: it is one of the most traditional programs, I think, in the country. Like the, just the history and tradition of women's basketball there is unlike anywhere else. Um, and so that was something that drew, drew me to it a lot, um, because they had, they'd been successful, um, the year before I got there, they were the big sky champions, um, tournament champions. And so, you know, knowing that they have that success and then just, like I said, just the tradition and the passion and pride behind, um, women's basketball there and just their sports in general, um. Was something that was really intriguing to me and that was something that i loved a lot about that job in that school um was because of just like i said the pride the pride they have in it um and the my responsibilities were definitely not what drew me to the job it was all the admin stuff um that's really not fun um but you have to do it and you have to learn it and it was it was a really good opportunity for me to understand what higher what happens at higher level um, basketball and knowing, you know, these are this is important stuff that you have to have in order, and um, you have a lot of responsibility and um, staying organized. And I learned a lot of organizational stuff um, from the University of North Dakota. And of um, the, I was thankful because the director of ops before me had moved up into the assistant position, and so she was. Jackie was crazy organized, and so I learned a lot of organizational skills and how to how to do stuff from her. And um, so, yeah, it was a it was a great learning experience. And like I said, just a, a really neat team to to be a part of. Um, very cold, though. Um, I remember going to work one day, and I specifically rented a place that had a garage all the time. I remember going to work one morning, um, went in fairly early and then worked a little bit late and I came out to my car and I was the only one in the parking lot and I couldn't get my car to start because it was so cold that day and I was like why do I why do I live somewhere that is so painfully cold um, and um, but like I said it was it was challenging and that I learned a lot about myself because I had to do all the admin stuff without the without the aspect that brought me a lot of joy and in basketball. So I wouldn't trade it because I learned a lot, but, um, director of operations was definitely not, um, a job for me to stay at very long.
0: Sure. Um, were you the operations for both teams or were you just women? Just women's basketball. Thank goodness. yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Like the four year I went to, it was both sports this. So, and I was just wondering if for people who maybe aren't as familiar, if you could go a little bit more expansive into what you're job duties are as a basketball ops uh
1: yes up there i was in charge of all things travel so i had to um, find flights i had to organize buses um all the food arrangements um at north dakota we catered a lot of food from hotels so when i found hotels i had to make sure that they had catering options and what they offered um i did a lot of um like statting and stuff during games to make sure that I was helping out with at least that part of keeping track of things. Uh, community service and to organize all of our community service at UND, and that was that was something that was um, where I think one of the top teams in community service hours. Um, marketing, I was the kind of the liaison with all the marketing. I was the liaison for academics, um, and it. Division one schools, it's nice because they usually have a lot of people in those positions anyways. So it wasn't like I was having to do all of them, but I was the liaison for organizing a lot of it. Um, I'm trying to think of some other. Oh, camp. I was the camp director. Um, and basketball camps up there are crazy because um, girls love basketball in North Dakota. And so summers were just completely full of basketball camps. And um, but yeah, just a, like I said, a lot of the administrative part of the stuff. Um, I had to manage our budget I was in charge of you know our travel budget and um, those kinds of things and hey, equipment
0: you, you mentioned these are all these are all kind of important especially winding up at a d2 school because you don't aren't guaranteed a director of basketball operations so this is stuff between you and coach Sybrant that you guys have to do so it's, <laughs> it's probably good that you got that experience looking back yes
1: and all the little organizational tricks that you know kind of help Keep things a little more simple or, you know, the the different spreadsheets that I use, they're already built in. So now I just have to type stuff into them.
0: Uh, from UND, I know you weren't there very long. What kind of what initially got you drawn into another D1 school, Idaho? They,
1: um, University of Idaho was in the big sky conference as well. Um, so, um, we'd only played them one time. So it wasn't like I was super, super familiar with them, but, um, they had an assistant position open up. Um, and I'd looked it up and, um, coach John Newley had been there for, gosh, quite a few years. Um, and his assistant coaches had also been there for quite a few years. And so that's something, you know, when you're looking for a job, um, you want to make sure that there's not a really high rate of turnover. Um, and all the the assistants that had left, um, they all had been basically not promoted, but they got bigger, bigger and better jobs, I guess you would say, at bigger schools. Um, and so I knew that, you know, he was making sure that, when his assistants are there, they're really learning a lot and then they're progressing in whatever their goals and stuff are. And, um, I just applied, it was actually during basketball camp. Um, so I was exhausted and I filled out my application and then forgot to send a follow-up email or anything. I just did the application and cover letter and stuff. And, um, I think I caught their eye because I had been in the big sky for a year. Um, and they called and, they're like, well, we'd love to get you out here on a visit. And I was like, okay, perfect. Oh, I say visit. It's not like I'm a recruit. Get out here on an interview. Um, and so I flew out there and absolutely loved everything. Um, loved coach newly, Krista Sanford, Christy Zeller was the other assistant there at the time. Um, and just loved Moscow and it's a very small college town. Um, mom and pop shops everywhere and just a really neat place and really neat people. Um, and obviously they were a very successful team. And so I was excited to learn from coach newly and the rest of the staff and just try to be part of that. Um, and on my interview, one of the questions they asked me were, was, what is your five-year goal? And at this point, I'd kind of thought about it a lot more as opposed to when I was a GA. And I said, you know, I'd really love for this to be my last assistant coaching spot because I really want to be a head coach at Division II, close closer to home in Wyoming. Um, and they were like, all right. <laughs> um, and I was like, I want to learn as much as I can here so that I'm, I'm ready to be a head coach. Um, and it worked out. We were a great fit. Um, we went and had dinner that night at coach Newley's house and coach Sanford's daughter was four at the time. Um, and she wanted to have a dance party and I was like, I don't know if this is appropriate on an interview, but how do you tell a four-year-old little girl? And I had a four-year-old niece. My niece was four at the time. And so I'm like, I'm a big softie. I can't tell her no. Um, and so I was dancing with her and I was like, oh, I guess if I lose the job, it's not a good fit. Um, and it actually, I think, sealed the deal um, that we were just a really great fit all together. because like anybody who can't turn down a little girl and wants to go have a dance party with her, like fantastic. <laughs> so packed up all my stuff, headed out to Moscow and um, really, truly cherished my time there and loved everything I learned. I was a sponge um, and just tried to tried to soak up all as much knowledge and Stuff from Coach Newly as I could.
0: Oh, uh, you kind of already mentioned that you knew you wanted to be a D two coach. Why? What? Just curious. What specifically was it about Division two that drew you to that level? Especially after having the two D one stops.
1: Um, a couple different things. Um, one, I got to play Division two basketball at Upper Iowa, and I loved from kind of an academic standpoint. I was really big on my academics. I loved that there was a really healthy balance of that. Um, I was able to p- pursue, you know, the degree I wanted, um, and I just, I felt like there was a little, there was more, I don't want to say free time, but there was more time to just be a student, um, whereas Division One, it's a little bit more, a little more business-like, um, you know, you've, you pretty much play basketball all year round. Um, in division two, you get a chance to go home in the summer, regroup, refresh, um, and have a little more balance as a player. Um, and so I I really enjoyed that and I enjoy that the level of play, you still have really talented basketball players at division two and it's still highly competitive. Um, you just get that, like I said, you just get that academic um, side a little bit more and just a little bit more of that balance for the kids. Um, a little bit more and obviously from a coaching standpoint there's a little more balance too um you know when i was at idaho i think i was on an airplane every other week um which is really fun when you're young and you're like yeah this is so great um but then it really wears on you if you want to have any semblance of a type of life outside of your job um and so i know for for me to be happy and be at my best um for the team that's something that i really needed so i i was really drawn to division two kind of for just those few reasons
0: sure and then uh, specifically from there what kind of drew you to south dakota mines i'm sure you probably had other opportunities what was it about south dakota mines specifically that drew you to this school this city especially being from small towns jump into rapid city
1: um funny story actually because i'd been at idaho for five years four seasons um and i had not looked at one single job opening at all um And I had been contacted by one of my other mentors who I'd kind of told her what my goals were as well um, for coaching. And um, she heard through the grapevine that this job was um, open. And at first she was like, "Are you? would you be interested in it? And I was like, oh, South Dakota? I was like, all I'm thinking in my mind is like East River, Iowa, North Dakota, how miserable those winters were. Um, And so I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't think so. I'm not sure. And then um, my boyfriend Reese was like, what's in Rapid City? He goes, you need to do more research. He goes, Rapid City is basically Wyoming. Um, And then when I did research and actually looked up which school it was and stuff like that, I was like, this sounds incredible. Um, It sounds right up my alley. Um, Coming to a really academic school. There's a bunch of tradition um, with women's basketball. and, um, And so just basically, the more I did research on it, the more I fell in love with um, this is a, an option and an opportunity. Um, and I talked to coach newly about it and he's like, well, let's do it. Let's get you ready for it. Um, and so he was super supportive, which was really nice too, of really, really helping me and coach, um, Zach Klaus out at university of Idaho was in the men's position at the time. And he was really excited for me too. And so we, we got me. We got me prepared for the interview process, um, and then kind of just it, everything else fell into place. But um, like I said, it was really the just the academic aspect of our school is incredible. Um, and like I said, I was a biology chemistry major in um, college, and so I have a soft soft place in my heart for really high academic people. Um, and so I love that part. And then you know just the the history of the program and trying to get us back to to how successful. Lady Hard Rocker basketball was.
0: I was gonna bring that up, the biology, <laughs> chemistry thing, and uh, just, you know, not every coach that comes in necessarily understands and appreciates the academics, at least not initially. So how, how much of, of it, you know, was just an advantage of being able to understand what type of kids you needed to recruit right away?
1: Um, it's huge, and thankfully at University of Idaho we recruited a lot of the similar kids. Now it, it's not a STEM university, but um, I think, you know, there's a direct correlation between hard work in the classroom and hard work on the court. Um, and so we recruited those high academic kids at University of Idaho. And now here, it's the same thing. It's just maybe a little more specialized with, um, you know, which degree they're, they're choosing. But I think it's a, it's a huge advantage because I do kind of understand how some of their brains operate, too. Now, engineers, we're still figuring it out. Um, I'm... Reese, I'm dating Reese, um, and he's an engineering brain too. So I'm, I don't know why I surrounded myself with engineers, but no, it's, it's fun. I love, like I said, I love the, I love the mindset. I love how hard everybody works. Um, and those are just intangible things that, um, I really appreciate about this school. And you know, the other part was I was the only basically STEM major when I played. And so, um, it's kind of really fun to, talk to the girls about like, you don't understand how special it is that each and every single one of you are so goal-driven, so um, like study focused and you're in the same classes. You get to have classes with your teammates. Like I never had a class with a teammate. I didn't even have a class with any other athletes. Um, And so just having that community that they have here is, is really unique. And I think I bring a different perspective to that because I think they don't realize When you're in it, you don't realize how special it is until you have a different experience. And so um, I think it's really cool that, you know, they get to go to class together. They get to study together um, and that they're all on the same, like I said, the same path of this is what we want to do with our lives. And we're going to make sure that we're doing the proper things to get there.
0: Sure. Um, Another thing I kind of wanted to bring up was just kind of coming in, maybe compare – I guess this is your first head coaching job, so maybe this is a hard comparison, but what are maybe some of the differences between coming in and taking over a program, like what the program was like at Upper Iowa compared to a program like this where, you know, it wasn't a program that won three games. It was a program that was pretty much all was, you know, right around 500.
1: Um, I would say coming in, I was just really excited. I had gotten to meet some of the players on my interview um and just knowing knowing the intangible qualities that each of them had and then k- taking what I'd learned at Idaho about culture and team chemistry and um, just what it takes to win a championship because at Idaho we played in the postseason every single year um, so I got a lot of experience as to what what it takes to build a championship team and what little details really matter um, and so the the girls were so hungry that year for culture and for that um, that it was it was actually like I said I in my head I always dreamed of like, okay well what would when I become head coach, what kind of program would I be taking over? And I never dreamed that I would be able to take over one that you know the players were so bought in so quickly um, and just rolled with everything that you know we presented them and challenged them with. Um, and it was just it was a really special first year as a as a head coach, and I I couldn't be more thankful for kind of how it panned out in the group that I had.
0: Yeah, you you had some pretty immediate success too. Um, Fifteen and twelve year one with thirteen and nine RMAC record, making it to the conference tournament, and then similar again last year eleven and nine and eleven and seven with another conference tournament appearance. So how important is that? also to the building of the program to be able to point at your first two years and hey we made the conference tournament my first two years here
1: um it kind of just sets the standard for what's expected um you know and when we're recruiting we're we're telling them well this is this is what we've accomplished this is where we want to go um and so we're trying to bring in people that are on board with knowing we've got to get better than what we have done um, but showing that you know we have had success now let's build on that success and so those are those are kind of the things of like I said what we're what we're trying to bring in for recruiting and then just what we're trying to do with our current teams as well.
0: And then obviously I want to talk a little bit about this season. Obviously it hasn't been the best start. Um you had a really really hard non-conference schedule. I think you did that intentionally, but obviously that's what reflected in a little bit in the record. And then you've started to play a little bit better recently. How do you kind of You know, what do you need to do as a team, as a coach, to kind of turn it around, head it into a break, and then get some momentum outside after break?
1: Um, Great question. Um, You know, our first first year and even our second year here, we didn't have super quick starts. Um, And I think that goes into, you know, just how we play and what we emphasize in our program. We're so team chemistry oriented, um, and we recruit puzzle pieces for that Um, because we want to have the strongest team that we can Um, because that if you have a strong team you can beat a lot of other teams um, who maybe don't play as well together or have that confidence in each other and you know we're also trying to trying to help these young ladies really develop leadership skills and understand you know just the the important things in life of how you get through adversity and how you respond to failure and that you can't be perfect and those are some of the things that you know just the type of people we recruit They come in, they haven't had much failure. Um, They want to be perfect. And so the the first few games, usually you're trying to work out those kinks and try to get to figure out, okay, what what really drives this team and what's this team's identity? And every single year that's different. Um, Even if you have very similar players. Like this year, we have very similar players. You know, We graduated two and we only brought in three. So it's very close to the same team, but at the same time, um, we just have a completely different identity cause it's a different year. Um, and so part of it is just, you know, as a coaching staff, we've got to figure that out and address it. And, um, you know, and growing up, like I said, adversity happens and you've got to figure out different ways to do stuff. The tractor doesn't start. All right, well, how are we going to go feed the animals or, um, stuff like that. And so, um, it's really just trying to navigate what's, what's really going to get our, get our team motivated and gelling and playing together and, um. You know, we've we've had injuries, but that's not an excuse. We have a team for a reason. Um, And now some of them were really unplanned and we're really counting on those people to contribute a lot. And because we recruit puzzle pieces, that makes it a little more challenging when a puzzle piece is missing. Um, But that's something that, you know, we're we're navigating and we're watching film and um, really pushing them in practice to try to make sure that we're as well rounded as a team as possible and making sure that everybody's kind of taking ownership and accountability of what do we want this season to look like what do we want our team to look like and what is our identity going to be what are the you know the main things that we really want to emphasize and and be strong at and um obviously not the not the way we wanted to start but we have a lot of season left and I think that's part of it is um you know some of our some of our team members are thinking, wow, it's, this isn't going the way we wanted it to. And so it's easy to get down. Um, but like, we've really been stressing that's life in general. Life doesn't always go the way you want it to. And, you know, we try to use basketball as a a life life tool so that we're, we're giving them all the tools. So when they graduate and they enter, enter, I guess you say, quote unquote, real life. Um, that's what my coach called it was real life after you graduate, (laughs) you know, that you're, you're prepared for it and you're ready for it. And, um, that's, like I said, that's our that's our main goal and trying to make sure that, you know, we stay together throughout all of it and really lean on each other. And like I guess I get that get that leadership and um, responsibility and pride and passion for our program going.
0: Sure. And then kind of going off of that, a similar question, maybe not for this season, just going forward. Uh, i already mentioned the two conference tournament appearances what do you have to do as a program to kind of take that next step to not only make it to the conference tournament but be a fixture at the top of the conference
1: yeah and we we talked about that at the end of the season last year um, and we had a fantastic postseason um, with our returners and really got after it and competed hard um, and we tried to really develop that environment of competition and knowing that competition is good. Um, You know, you can go at each other on the court and make each other better and you can still be friends. Um, And so that was some, something that we really emphasized. And um, like I said, this year it's, it's been hard to, hard to kind of nail that down in the, in the preseason. But it's something, like I said, that, you know, building and, the recruits we have coming in, you know, we're we're getting competitors who who really want to compete and play hard. And I think that's that's really what's going to take us to that next level is understanding the the intensity of competition every single day. So that when we do get to that conference tournament, we've put ourselves in so many hard places throughout the season in practice and stuff like that. That the conference tournament doesn't seem like a hard a hard thing to accomplish. Um, and like I said, just getting us getting us up to that that top half of the. The conference is really what what our goal is and um and it takes it just takes hard work and consistency
0: all right that just about wraps us up today uh thanks for joining us jerry um this has been the hard rocker huddle i'm josh van volkenberg signing off <laughs>